You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome to Art Smart from Who Arted. Your guide to quick and easy art history. We're cutting through all that art world jargon that doesn't make sense to anyone because art is for everyone. Welcome to Art Smart. I'm your host, Kyle Wood. And just a reminder if you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to follow and leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. It helps others discover the show. Now, today we're going to be talking about the Renaissance. The term Renaissance means rebirth. Of course, unlike an actual birth, the Renaissance did not begin on one specific day. It was a cultural shift which happened starting around 1400 CE. The people of that time did not consider themselves to have been living through the Renaissance. For the average person working on a farm or what have you, There wasn't much difference in their day-to-day life in the late 1300s compared to the early 1400s. People didn't wake up one morning and say, Oh, I'm so glad to be out of the Middle Ages and starting the Renaissance. The artists, writers, philosophers of the day, they recognized that there were changes happening, but change is always happening. And often it's hard to tell how large a movement will become in the moment as it happens. The label Renaissance was given by historians hundreds of years later in the 19th century. And even today, there's a lot of debate among historians as to what the Renaissance was, where it took place, why. Just as an FYI, some don't even refer to it as the Renaissance. Some call it the early modern era. They looked back on what was happening in various aspects of culture and said that around 1400, there appeared to be a shift in what was happening, particularly on the Italian peninsula. The term Renaissance, which, as I said, means rebirth, is a French term, further highlighting the largely European-centered focus of many accounts of that time period. To think of it as a rebirth you might assume that something is coming back into favor and being rejuvenated. That something was classic Greek and Roman ideas. Europeans were rediscovering the classics of philosophers like Plato. You might be wondering how Europeans came to rediscover ancient European culture. Surprisingly enough, it appears to have come from trade with the Ottoman Empire. Around the 8th century, a lot of ancient texts were translated and preserved in the libraries of Istanbul, then later reintroduced to Europe from the Muslim world. I would argue that the Renaissance was more a global movement, but most of the attention gets focused on the Italian peninsula because the Italian city-states were major centers of trade where all of these ideas sort of came together and they had the massive wealth needed to support a thriving arts community. 
So what made this arts community stand out? What separates the Renaissance from the medieval works which came before? In the visual arts, we see a lot of classical techniques coming back. We also see an emphasis on just like beauty and the idealized forms and the symmetry and everything being very pleasing to the eye. Along with that, there's an emphasis on naturalism. When I say naturalism, I mean generally they wanted the figures to seem realistic. They wanted it to be both idealized and realistic, a realistic representation of nature, but in its most beautiful and ideal form. So one of the techniques they used was chiaroscuro, the dramatic light and shadow to create an illusion of depth and form on a canvas. Artists of the Renaissance were also focusing on linear perspective, using a vanishing point to guide the sense of scale, making things get gradually smaller and create an illusion that they were going off into the distance. Artists like Leonardo da Vinci also experimented with atmospheric perspective, which is a technique of making things in the background a little less detailed, more pale, a little bit more blue, It's based on the idea that we see things in sharper focus when they're closer to us. But because of the way that light scatters through the atmosphere, things that are far away will look more pale, blue, and a little softer focus. In the Middle Ages, art tended to be simpler. It was more about visual communication, so symbolism was prized over naturalism. They used hierarchical scale, making the most important things bigger and It didn't really relate to the depth or linear perspective in any way. It was kind of flat. In the Renaissance, the artists specialized. They honed their craft with a spectacular effect. Another way that painting improved was the shift from tempera to oils. Tempera paints tended to be flatter, while oils could be thinned to apply glazes of color that created more depth and richness to the painting. This was a technique that was popular in Northern Europe and spread growing more popular in Italy during this Renaissance period. Ultimately, most scholars of the day realized that they could learn from someone's good ideas even if they disagreed in some other areas. And so they traded ideas and innovations just as they traded other goods. And the world was better for it. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, if I were putting together a collection to help you get to better know the Renaissance era and the art of that time period, here would be my top five. Michelangelo is obviously one of the standout talents of that day. While he considered himself to be primarily a sculptor, and he was an incredible sculptor, just look at his David statue. The Sistine Chapel ceiling is probably one of his best-known works. He spent like four years painting that, that chapel. 
It's incredible. Leonardo da Vinci's The Last Supper. There's so much that's been written about this and talked about with this painting. It is one that captures the imagination. There have been books about the symbolism in it, and I'm not going to get into too much of that. But the composition is absolutely beautiful. It's very pleasing to the eye because of the way that he laid out the figures in these groups of three, and there's this sort of symmetrical balance to it that goes along with that Renaissance ideal of not only naturalism, but also the idealism, the emphasis on beauty and symmetry. Along similar lines, we've got Raphael's The School of Athens. Now, The School of Athens was not a strictly Christian work. It depicts a lot of the ancient Greek philosophers sort of coming together in this school, and I love the fact that Raphael slipped himself in there along with all of the great thinkers of the age. But above all, this is a superb example of the Renaissance emphasis on linear perspective. Donatello the last of the Ninja Turtle namesakes that I'm going to reference in this episode, Donatello was a sculptor, and one of his great commissions was a statue of David, a very large bronze statue of David that he created for the Medicis. Um, It is an interesting, stylized, Again, sort of contraposto pose, sort of that natural Romanesque figure, that classical pose where it's the weight on one leg, a little bit of movement in the pose that creates a more natural stance. And it is superbly executed by Donatello. And finally, Jan van Eyck's The Arnolfini Portrait. Uh, Van Eyck was not in Italy during the Renaissance. Van Eyck was a northern Renaissance painter, and the Arnolfini portrait is a beautiful and complex composition created in oils. As I said, the northern Renaissance painters were using oils, and that spread the influence down into Um, into Italy as, especially in some areas where it was a little bit more damp, the oil paints were much, much better than the tempras. The Arnolfini portrait is just showing the stunning attention to detail, particularly on the objects. When you look at the work that he is doing on every little thing hanging on the wall, the furniture, It is superb. And that is one of the things we see in a lot of the Northern Renaissance works. We see a lot more attention to capturing all the minute details in the objects, which are loaded with symbolic weight. Of course, those would be my top five for the Renaissance. I would love for you to share what are your favorite Renaissance works. You can share them with me on social media at whoartedpodcast. Or if you're listening on Good Pods, you can leave a comment in the message board with each episode. ArtSmart is an airwave media podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor, leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to learn more, check out my other podcast, Who Arted, or go to the website artsmartpodcast.com for more free resources.